Hello, Internet peeps. Welcome to another edition of Big Trouble Little Podcast, episode 160. I am Joe Dubs. I'm Andy. And we are going to be doing Tarkovsky. Haha. And we are going to be talking about Solaris today. But before we get into that, um, guys, what the hell you've been watching, playing, or do? I will go first because I played Forza with you guys. We all played Forza. Yeah, and I played Halo Infinite, the flight test, or AKA Beta, if anybody doesn't know what a flight test is. So, I, I, I have. And boy, oh boy, does it feel like Halo, and I like it, and uh, the guns feel cool. I like the grapple, I love the maps. Uh, everything just seems fine. Uh, the first two days, two two and a half days, we're all bots, so they changed the difficulty bot. So it was like easy, medium, and then they went to Spartan. And Spartan is like the hardest bots. And th there is a difference. Um, the AIs are pretty smart. They know how to grenade and then go after you. Um, <laughs> you can't hide from a bot because a bot chases you and finds you. So um, it, it, I think they're smart. But then you're not going to be able to hide from the machines. Yes. And then they turned on PVP like at 10 o'clock at night. And it was fun. Um, all the pro players were playing. So you could definitely tell when they were comboing plasma pistols with BRs and shit. Um, so you said it feels like Halo. Have they innovated at all? Or is it just Halo bigger, better and prettier? It's a good question. Um, there's some improvements, uh, you can now like call a duty slide. <laughs> so it's a little faster than usual halos. Um, there's sprint, but that's in halo reach. So it kind of builds up on the sprint and then slide feature. Uh, what else? The guns, I guess are kind of better than usual. It, it, they needed to get away from Halo 5. I think Halo 5 hurt them uh, because 343 tried to make their own vision of Halo, and people were just like, nah, this this sucks. I didn't play 4 or 5, so I guess my opinion is a little bit moot. But I don't... I'm not as interested in, oh, it's more Halo. Like, my favorite Halo... Well, arguably, my favorite was, like, ODST, like, the weirdest, most different one. Mm -hmm. So I, I kind of wanted, like, something new. But if it's just, like another iteration of halo 3 halo reach halo 4 yeah but it's just when you think of good multiplayer fun times you think of halo mostly i mean there's a reason i stopped playing halo there's a reason i stopped playing call of duty like those games don't excite me anymore yeah but when's the last time halo actually happened like it, the halo like when you're thinking of halo 2 and 3 mm. that's what i got out of this this uh beta i'm calling reach reach was the last time i cared about halo reach was really good uh now if you're talking about new and campaign wise and see how that goes that's another story i don't know yet and by the way I, yeah i kind of want to this is kind of like breaking not breaking news jesus it's not it's news so apparently they had and i'm not gonna spoil it but apparently they leaked some files from the the campaign onto the flight test and and people were spreading it, obviously. So, like, the guy, Joe Stanton, who took over the Halo uh, stuff, he's like, yeah, we made a mistake. We're sorry. Just got to own up to it. 
and they owned up to it and then said, please don't spread it. And guess what people did anyway? They spread it. So oh, yeah. it's, it's, it's uh, going to happen. But uh, I played that um, movie wise. Do you know the actor who plays um, Harvey Dent in uh, The Dark Knight Rises? Two-Face. Um, he's in a movie called Incarnate. And apparently he does exorcism, but he calls it evictions of demons from people without using religion. So he pretty much kind of like matri matrix himself into people's uh, dreams or whatever, because the demon takes over them and puts them in like a dream state, like w whatever they desire. So, for example, this fat guy lo loves naked women. So he his dream state was like a. What a weird thing. Yeah. Those naked women? Yeah. What will these Hollywood writers think of now? He was in a strip club, and, like, this one sh uh, girl was like, we don't want you to leave, and then, like, you see, like, the demon and stuff. But anyway, it, it was I, – I thought I was going into a movie that was stupid. It ended up this being – This sounds like Persona 5. This sounds like you're going into somebody's mind palace and evicting their, their shadow. Yeah. It, it, <laughs> technically, yeah, you're right. So um, – but it, it's interesting. It's on – it's on Netflix, so check it out. I and that's that's it. That's it with me. So who wants to go next? I do. I guess. Okay, you go. <laughs> I also played uh, Forza Horizon Four, and I played it a bunch by myself as well because that's I'm still obsessed with it. I'm like level like one seventy nine or some stupid silly nonsense now. Um, I finished the Grand Tour, including the brand new special Lockdown L O C H there in Scotland. Get it? It's a pun. Lockdown. It's really good. I saw a lot of people online saying it was kind of a return to form. It felt more like the good old Top Gear stuff because the limitations of COVID made them work under a bunch of restrictions that they usually don't have. Because Amazon's bankroll in the show. They get to do whatever the fuck they want. They have a blank check. Amazon's got more money than the church. So, But with uh, lockdown, they had to like, okay, we can't leave the United Kingdom. We can't do this other stuff. We've got to put up with what we can get our hands on and you know art through adversity it ended up being extremely good um and i also went to theaters for the first time since covid and i saw the green knight that new uh a24 movie it's an adaptation of like an Arthur arthurian um legend Damn. chronicle it was like written in i think the 1500s i might be way off on that by anonymous they don't know who wrote it in other words hmm. And, uh, man, it's cool. It, that movie, every single frame could be a painting. It's very pretty, and a lot of people don't like this, but I love it. Uh, there's a lot of, like, what-the-fuck moments in that movie, and they don't explain them. They say, you got to live with this, man. This is your life now. You're going to have to figure out what happened here. Kind of <laughs> like Solaris. <laughs> yeah, kind of like Solaris. But uh, it's really good. I, I do recommend it, especially if you like Dungeons & Dragons fucking bullshit lord of the rings tolkien stuff because this is the stuff that inspired tolkien but then of course they change it a little bit they elaborate on it and change things a little bit it's really good i liked it a lot okay zach you're up i uh played forza with these guys um and I had to get used to the online stuff I still have to get used to this the newer Xbox controller. Uh, I still mix up the the menu buttons like near the middle. It took it's, me forever to like because 
oh, it's reversed from the Switch, and that's what I usually play. Well, it's that, and they don't really like the sim. The symbolism they have doesn't make any fucking sense to me. It's like they're just shapes. <laughs> it's like one has like lines, and then one has like two like word balloons. Oh yeah, the start and whatever button. Oh, it's the wrong one every time. Because in order to uh, organize by make, the manufacturer of the car, you're supposed to hit one, and I hit start every fucking time. I quit on a uh, one of those three race tournament things. Yeah. By accident, like halfway through, and I was like, "Fuck! I have to go back and start this all over again." I was kind of upset about that. That game, I really like that game, and I can say a lot of nice things about it, but I fucking can't stay in the menus. Like, all the pause screens are a fucking mess, and I don't know what I'm doing. And half the time, I don't even know what I have highlighted. <laughs> have you guys gotten used to driving on the wrong side of the road in that game? Barely. And like no. I said, I'm level 179. <laughs> That's how fucking long it took. <laughs> I, keep, I, 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 I keep catching myself like, wait a minute, I'm on the wrong side because there's people coming at me and I'm on the right. Like yeah. fuck, this is UK. <laughs> <laughs> um, I, I've been playing that on, on my own time as well. Um, getting more cars and stuff. Uh, and I've still been trucking through Persona Five Royal. I am close to finished with the vanilla content, uh, and I'll be going into the the Royale part um, where you get the third semester. You can play third semester if you meet the requirements. Oh, really? It's option like you have to do a bunch of extra nonsense. It's not a bunch of extra nonsense. You honestly, you just have to talk to one new guy they add throughout the year before a certain day. It's like uh, he comes to the school in April after the first palace stuff happens. Yeah, he's a school counselor, and you get a social link up to rank nine before november pretty much oh okay oh that's interesting it's plenty of time to do that interesting that's uh that's pretty much about it for me i've i've just been watching like random youtube videos and stuff on the side i've mostly been gaming yeah i haven't i always search youtube but uh let's get into this movie um the only thing i know about tarkovsky is that he died really young um it was Kind of, they filmed in like <laughs> filmed in hazardous area areas, which caused like most of the cast to like die pretty much. We'll uh, be talking about that movie in two weeks. Yeah, and uh, he loves to just look at a scene, whatever whatever scene he has, he he just keeps it on there, and it, it takes the a Russian the Russian school of thought, the Soviet school of thought on film was slightly different than hollywood's mm. the more russian film you watch the more you'll start to see that um i wish i could ramble off the names but i can't remember uh i, I uh sergey eisenstein is the big one he was a pioneer and he did that a lot like the 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 art of a frame like we're looking you're looking at something and you're taking it in like you're at an art exhibition or something like that and uh Tarkovsky like dials that up to eleven. Yeah, there's a lot of there's a lot of scenes in this movie where I I think my favorite one is when uh, I think his name is Burton. He's like driving home, and I it, to myself I I consider it a Tesla because I never see the driver, and he's like talking through like a 
Of... Yeah, I think that's what you're supposed to infer is all all, all cars are self-driving, even though they all look like cars from the 70s yeah. in Japan, by the way. <laughs> yeah, so like that scene um, where he's just driving through the city, it sounds like a rocket ship. I kind of like that. Uh, I don't know if it was trying to be like a rocket ship, but it did sound like one. My... The, scene, the, the scene where they're driving around, and it's Arasaka, Tokyo, by the way, I found out, which is interesting for other reasons that don't matter to this podcast. But uh, it's almost seven minutes long. Seven minutes of just a dude driving around. Mm-hmm. All those uh, shots were, it's like blue monochrome. Is that supposed to be like a day for night thing or something? Not really. Uh, there's, a, there's an interesting sidebar about that. The original Criterion release of this, both the Laserdisc, I think they did a Laserdisc in the original DVD, and there was a Japanese Laserdisc. They got rid of that because they thought all the film is screwed up. And then people who had worked with Tarkovsky came and said, no, he did that on purpose. I wonder what that's supposed to be then. I'm not sure. (laughs) I do know that he really specifically wanted those scenes to be blue. But we we don't really understand or know why specifically. Yeah. So so I'll bet you there's a film scholar out there that could tell you better than me. And I'm, I'm not that. At first, everything's in color. And then it's like there's a shot later where he's still at his, his dad's house or whatever. Um, Chris, the main character is, and it's Chris Kelvin. Yeah. Chris Kelvin, weird name for a, a Russian guy from the future. Everybody has weird names and they're all Russian, but mm-hmm. I'm just like, ah, it's future shit. Everybody has weird names like Buck Rogers or whatever the hell, <laughs> <laughs> but, but uh, it goes that blue monochrome. And I'm like, Okay, maybe that's supposed to be nighttime, like it's late at night or something, because that's that's an old trick everybody used to do back in the day to save money and pain in the ass filming at night shit. Yeah, which is very difficult to do. Even today, it's difficult. Yeah, and but then there's regular monochrome, black and white later. Right. And it's like, what the f- Okay, I, I don't know. It was just kind of a weird thing I noticed watching this movie. I, I think a lot of it is just like he's trying to – just influence the mood of a scene and you mm-hmm. don't necessarily need to take something literal. Like it's yeah. just, it's just, Oh, this scene, it feels blue. And you're like, what's that mean? He's like, Oh, it just does. You know how s- stuff like grape soda doesn't taste grape. It tastes purple. Yeah. Yeah. There you go. That's probably a good way to put it. It's a, yeah. it's like a synesthesia kind of thing. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, there were certain scenes that the colors were pretty. Um, the The spaceship was the spaceship was actually interesting to me because one, it just looked like a scene out of like Dead Space or something where you're just walking in and it's just fucking nobody's there. Everybody's fucking. Oh, going. the actual space station. Yeah, yeah. Okay, I was thinking his spaceship, which is a bubble. Yeah, <laughs> those little capsules. That's what they built back then. And by the way, I didn't know it was the future until Burton called on his little fucking uh, video conference call. Because I was like... Oh, you thought it was just 1972. Yeah, because I was like, oh, a space race with, you know, America. And, like, somehow maybe the Russians just fucking advanced really quickly. And all of a sudden, I just see Burton be like, hello. And I'm like, wait, wait a second. I'm calling from the car. I'm on the highway. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm like, oh, it's the future. Yeah, the, the future. Mm-hmm. Um, I was gonna say, yeah, I like the space station a lot too. It kind of reminds me of like that real gritty, kind of messy, lived-in stuff. It's like 
alien kind of reminds me of that retro future yeah retro future that's yeah. what i'm looking for um and then like there's real stark hallways in there too that are kind of like the 2001 stuff where like the one hallway where there's like the weird computer or whatever that's tilted sideways for some reason like it's just yeah just messed. in the hallway they've got like mainframes that are like what's up with that i don't know what it cools them better. I'm sure there's some sci-fi bullshit. It's Russian computer stuff. I don't know. Mm-hmm. Um, I I don't know if there's going to be a better time. I want to back up a little bit before we talk about Solaris much more. I do want to talk about 2001 A Space Odyssey. Okay. Uh, 2001 was an adaptation of a novel, obviously. But uh, Stanley Kubrick famously released it in 1968. And it was... Everyone loved it. Holy shit, this movie's fucking amazing. Um, when it came out, it was like a technical marvel. They did a bunch of stuff in that movie a bunch of people hadn't seen before, and it's interesting and mysterious, and uh, depending on who you talk to, a very interesting movie. I happen to love it. Some people don't. But generally speaking, film critics and uh, historians agree it's really good and it's important. You know who didn't like it? Tarkovsky. He fucking hated that movie. Really? He famously said that movie was uh, phony and... Uh, <laughs> He hated it because he said it glorified technology, but it like completely dehumanized all the characters. He said movies should be about people, not things. He's and I kind of disagree with him, but at the same time, I see what he's saying. I could, he's got a point. I think. Yeah, he yeah. does have a point. Like in two thousand one, the star is like the machine and the little pods and the spaceship and the 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 monolith and stuff like that like it's not it's not about people it's about technology and again i kind of i disagree with him some but i definitely see what he means look look at the moviegoers like if you had space odyssey and solaris like both starring in that theater most moviegoers are gonna go to fucking see space odyssey because of the the crazy effects and all that stuff and the technology, which he does have a point. And I, and with Solaris, like you get into the people of, of that movie because you're like, what is this planet? Why is Chris seeing his dead wife, ex-wife? Like you, you get invested into that stuff rather than the space station and the, the strange fog that happens. It's more about Chris and why did that other scientist kill himself on there? That's that's exactly why the central focus of Solaris is the people and relationships and about how science doesn't mean anything if you take people out of it. That at the end of the movie, you know, spoiler or whatever. That's that's the the thesis to this movie is you know, people and souls and relationships. That's what matters. So Tarkovsky saw 2001, hated it, criticized it publicly, and a bunch of people were like, well, fuck you, you do better. And he said, fuck you, I will. <laughs> so four years later, Solaris came out. And uh, it just an interesting thing aside, Kubrick saw Solaris and actually loved it. He was like, well, I like this movie, actually. <laughs> <laughs> so he wasn't a dick about it. But uh, so Solaris is more or less a direct response to 2001. And it was even marketed in Europe as the Soviet Union's response to 2001. Like, it said that on movie posters. Hmm. Interesting. Um, so I, I guess the main plot of this is, like, Chris needs to go to this uh, space station uh, that's orbiting around this planet, right? 
it's like over top of it. This planet is a big yellow sea, and it's been there. I had to look this up because the movie doesn't fucking tell you. This the space station's been there for decades. It's been like yeah. twenty years at least. Mm-hmm. And the only reason you would know that is because of how old Burton is now. Yeah, which uh that that scene with Burton and when he's like getting interrogated by all those like I I pictured myself just like the Communist Party just trying to like pick apart his story. That's what I saw in my opinion as far as like the scientists. Yeah. I mean, yeah, probably. Uh Tarkovsky later in his career was very critical of the Soviet government and like even like made movies that were thinly veiled attacks at the Soviet Union. <laughs> So maybe, maybe, I, I think you're probably reading the correct, you're probably seeing what Tarkovsky wanted you to see. Yeah, so I really like that scene because it that's the scene that hooked me. Because in the beginning where he's like, Burton's like, I need to speak to you before you go into that spaceship. Meet me by the slide. And I'm like, okay, this is weird. Cause <laughs> he's got a meeting by a slide. Yeah, and like he goes, he's like, because uh, Chris is like, oh, you know, this is worthless and all that stuff. And Burton just like storms up. He's like, I'm leaving. He's like, what are you going to do with your kid? I don't know. <laughs> and he takes the kid anyway. Um, Very important thing that I only know because I did a little bit of research. And also this was the second time I was watching the movie. Um, He argues with Burton and then he's talking to his father and he says, I can't. I'm not a poet. I can't make a judgment with my heart like I'm a scientist. And then what's he do later in the movie? The exact thing he said he, he makes he makes decisions based on his feelings mm-hmm. like he he completely like it, it's so cool like i the first time i saw the movie i didn't pick up on that at all it's important to note that the first time i saw this movie i didn't care for it much i don't think i paid that close attention um the beginning kind of lost me it was like dry and boring everything's like kind of pastel looking i don't think the russians had an equivalency to technicolor or something but um, I was watching it like I was just getting into fancy pants Criterion movies. I watched, uh, oh, I need to see the big Italian movie. I'll watch Eight and a Half. I should see the big Japanese movie. I'll watch Seven Samurai. I should see the big Swedish German movie. I'll watch Seven Seal. And then I watched a bunch of other movies that didn't have numbers in the title. But what's the big Russian movie? It's more or less Solaris. So I watched that and it just put me to sleep. Like, I think I was just too stupid at the time. (laughs) Not to criticize my past self, but this was like 10 years ago. And I, it didn't land at all. And I was like, man, I love sci-fi. And I'm really interested in Russian film. Because I I later got into Man with a Movie Camera and Battleship Potemkin and a bunch of other classic Soviet cinema. And I just never revisited it until you guys gave me an excuse to now. And this time I loved it. However, I, I disagree with you a little bit. I am bored up until he gets to space. And I understand that all the stuff that happens on Earth is important. And I'm not saying, like, I was bored out of my mind. I was just like, eh, so far, this movie isn't grasping me that much. Because Burton comes, and they watch some home movies of him getting yelled at by Soviet generals or whatever that is. And But it's the context of that conversation, because you're just like... It's still really important. You're right. You're right. Because you're just like, why... Why is he? Why is he so fascinated by this fog? Why is he calling this like ocean disgusting because of the like yellow ooze and stuff? Mm-hmm. And then he sa- he sees this like naked boy, <laughs> for, like four meters, a four meter tall boy. naked child. Yeah. The only the only part there in this movie really lost me was that scene of Burton driving through the town. I think that went too long. 
it's like seven minutes. I was just like, what the fuck is this supposed to be? Is he saying like cities are noisy and awful? I I don't. (laughs) I think it was just look how crazy this motorway in Japan is. Yeah. I really think that was the whole gimmick. Like, I think that was him actually giving into a little bit, putting spectacle in this movie. Because I don't see that that adds to the characters or anything at all. I was trying to figure out what I could get out of it, and I couldn't really get anything. Unless he was thinking Solaris, because remember, he even though he didn't know what he was seeing, he still kind of seen it like it was peaceful in a way. Because I don't think he was crazy at all, right? Like, he's... he talk- no, in hindsight, he wasn't. Yeah. So, at the beginning of the movie, you don't know. Is this guy crazy? Is he hallucinating? What's going on on this space station? So I, I, I think I think you're right about the noise. Because he's like, oh, I'm in a city. It's noise. You know, back in that space station where it's just, I guess, like three people. Uh, <laughs> big contrast from being out at that countryside house, mm-hmm. yeah, essentially. He's like standing out there at the the stream, looking at the the reeds waving in the water and stuff. And I like that shot too. Yeah. <laughs> it actually is really pretty. I do like it too. No, um, I like that it comes back later. At the yeah, end. it bookends the movie. Mm-hmm. Number one question to you guys: Do you think so? Whatever it, whatever alien phenomenon that's happening with these people in the space station, do you think? that that phenomenon or alien is evil or were they just trying to understand what human and feelings are? And that's why it kept on, you know, bringing their desires, I guess, or maybe their second chances because, uh, Chris got a second chance with his ex wife that he didn't like apparently because he's because he's like I never loved you, <laughs> and then yeah. I I left you, and that's why you killed yourself, pretty much. Um, I don't think I think of it more like a kind of a animal, a creature. It doesn't. I don't think it's really aware of what it's doing exactly. Um, like a force of nature kind of thing or something. I think it's more that I don't. I don't even see it as a as an animal like. It's easy to think about like Twilight Zone style aliens doing weird stuff or something like that or a confused animal that's just lashing out because it was shot with x-rays and it doesn't know what else to do. I really do think that it's like gravity or light. I think it's just a weird occurrence that they're struggling to understand and they just absolutely can't understand it because of how mind-boggling and human it is. Like weird space radiation stuff yeah. or whatever. It's, it's it's making copies of people with neutrinos or whatever. Mm-hmm. Neutrino that's systems, that's what he says. Yeah. I don't know if that makes any sense. I'm not a science man. <laughs> I do like that Chris's first like problem solving of getting rid of the problem was shoving his ex-wife into a rocket ship and... <laughs> yeah. Blaster? <laughs> I'm sure there's lots of people who always think he did his ex-wives. <laughs> oh... I just thought it was like it, that was quite the leap there. It's like it for it, like he, it's like I guess he's trying to say, is this an illusion? Am I really seeing this? And then he wakes up. And he's like, yeah, she's still here. It's like he gets freaked out. His first his first thing to try to do is put her in a rocket, launch her in space. Uh, later, he talks to to Stout, and he's like talking about, oh, what'd you try? Like barbiturates or poison or 
you just shoot them or whatever. Apparently, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter what you fucking do to these things. Nope, they regenerate. Mm-hmm. And uh, I I think it was interesting to me because even though they kind of like allude to it, like everybody's experiencing this stuff. Like I was still surprised that the two doctors were able to see Harry because I'm like, oh, he gets to see Harry, and I'm like, oh. And then like that one evil doc, that, that asshole doctor, it's like I need to take. You're gonna take blood samples of her and all that stuff because notorious. Yeah, because they're studying it. Um, I it, uh, the one scene that weirded me out. Like I get that like she didn't want to be alone. But like he like left the room and she like fucking exploded the room in the door and she like, walked what? through the door Frankenstein monster style it's yeah. ridiculous and she like cut her body up I'm like just fucking open the door <laughs> like use the door handle or something he's like it opens the other way stop it <laughs> um and why why did they focus on the it's still off of that same scene but he takes like the cloth of her. And like shoves it into like a corner. Why did they focus on that? Was he didn't want her to realize that there had been another her yet. Oh, okay. That's why, because there's a close up of the chair, and her shawl is draped over it twice, the exact same one. And he sees that and realizes she's gonna see that and like flip out, maybe. Like he's still like trying to figure out what the hell's going on, because as far as she knows, she's a human being. She has no idea how she got here. But she's pretty sure she's human, and she's just here with him to do who knows what. Because she, she's like, where are my shoes? And she starts going through his stuff and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Um, another scene, like, because at, at some point she becomes, like, independent a little bit. Like, she's always by Chris's side, but then, like, out of nowhere because of that one asshole doctor that kind of points shit out. Like, hey, she, you're just not fucking real. Can you stop doing that? Mm-hmm. And, like, she... Which, by the way, I didn't know that was like li- liquid nitrogen that she took. Uh, liquid ox- oxygen. Oxygen, yeah. Uh, that she took. I was like, what the? F- Why is she frozen yeah, all of a sudden? <laughs> that's another one of those times that it just like shows stuff. And you're like, uh, movie, I need you to tell me what's going on. Like, I know the, the golden rule is show, don't tell. But a little bit of telling is good sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> This uh, if I could if I could criticize this movie a little bit, that's one of them. It's uh, every once in a while, you know, treat me like I'm a little stupid. Like, you know, I'm I can't I can't go all the way here, but that's kind of part of the movie's charm. So I'll, I'll give it that. The other thing though is I have I take serious issue with uh, Tarkovsky is unable to edit a movie and tell me when time has passed. It would jump from one scene to another, and I would think that it was just, you know, seconds later, it would turn out, oh, it's a day later. I I had a hard time. Every once in a while, like, a bunch of time would pass, and I wouldn't know it. And I'd, I'd catch up later, but it's just, I, I don't know. I don't know how other movies are shot that make me understand, oh, this is the next day. But this movie didn't have that, in my opinion. I don't. I didn't really have an issue with that. I just assumed several hours passed between each scene. That's probably the correct thing to assume. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> What'd you guys think of the uh, like pitiful birthday party that happened for Snout? That's what, that's what most of my birthday parties look like. Hey, everyone, <laughs> come around. We'll just drink. <laughs> were you were you an hour and a half late like Snout was? By the way, 
that asshole doctor, I was like, come on, bro, that's a big spaceship. And if you're drunk out of your mind, sometimes you can get lost, dude. Like, <laughs> <laughs> he he might have got either he fell asleep in his quarters or maybe he just got lost in that space station and stuff. The impression I got was he's interacting with his guest in some fashion. Because you never see who his guest is, right? You see an arm. You see an ear in the hammock also. Like their their arm kind of fell over like somebody was asleep in that hammock or that's yeah. all you see. And then who is it? And why? And you know, to what end? Yeah. That was like Sartorius. He had a midget in his fucking room. Yeah, what the fuck? <laughs> Maybe that's why he's angry. I guess so. He's like, what the fuck? This guy gets his beautiful ex-wife, and I've got a midget. Get out of here. I'm going to fucking blast this planet with radiation. <laughs> Which, by the way, I, it's funny. Like that, That's the first thing he thinks of. He's like, you know what? Let's just blast radiation into the, the ocean. Uh, they, they want it to stop. They want this shit to stop. Mm-hmm. Um, so they're just struggling to understand it. Hence the initial X-ray test or whatever. The liquid oxygen um, scene where she regenerates, <laughs> where she's That's like, terrifying. it was very painful. <laughs> um, which I kind of like that storyline where she's like, whatever who she is, like I'm gonna call it like the entity of the planet. The entity of the planet kind of says, you know, this is what it feels like to be like a human, you know, feeling all these emotions and pain and all that stuff. That's how that's what I got out of Harry's character, Uh, which, by the way, Harry's actress did really well in this movie. I liked her from, you know, beginning where she started until the end, obviously. From what I understand, she went on to have quite an illustrious career. I don't know much about it, but that's that's what I've heard. Another interesting thing about her, um, it's kind of a weird, because the character she plays in this, uh, initially, like the real Hari or whatever, uh, killed herself. And I guess during the filming of this movie, she fell in love with Tarkovsky. And after their, like, if they even had a relationship ended, like he, like, rejected her, she was just straight up suicidal for a while. Jesus. Yeah. Yeah. Which is, you know, tragic. That sucks. But uh, she said it in an interview years later. So (laughs) Chris fantasizes. Well, not fantasizes. That's kind of weird. But like uh, his mom was there because his mom, his mom died at some point. Right. I guess. Yeah, that's what I assumed. Yeah, you see her in a vision, but. They never talk. She wasn't there. She wasn't there at the farmhouse with his father and his aunt. Is that what they said? Yeah. Yeah. I assume he's there. Him and his his sisters living together. I don't know. Something like that. Yeah. Yeah. I I don't know what that scene was because like she brings up like his mom didn't like Harry at some point. Right. They and, argued and she kicked her out or something. Yeah, and then like then then you get that scene with the mom, and I just that's the only place I got lost a little bit. I was like, maybe he just liked his mom a lot. Is that what they're trying to portray? Was was that you know? I think he just really missed her. Yeah, yeah, I mean that's kind of what I got out of it. Is he's sick, delirious, he's got a fever, and he just like dreams about 
home and his mother. You know when your and, mom and takes I, care of you when you're sick? When yeah. You're like a kid? Yeah. Also, I think, you know, he's asleep, right? Because he's, he's feverish. And he dreams. What's he dream about? He dreams about home. He dreams about that, that farmhouse. Mm-hmm. And then what's the end of the movie? He's in the farmhouse. He's in the farmhouse, or is he? On Solaris. Right. Solaris. <laughs> he was he was feverish. And it I I think it like read his dreams. Oh, I miss home. I'm homesick. I wish I was with my family. And so it made that for him or something. Maybe that's why there's only three doctors on that space station, because they all fucking get sick and die, maybe. Maybe. I mean, at least one of them killed himself. We know that. Hmm. That was a that was a creepy scene as well. It was like he kind of like warns Chris a little bit, like this fucking station, man, this planet. I don't know what it does, but fuck it, <laughs> I'm ending my life. You find out later that he might have thought it was he was the only one it was happening to, so he killed himself, and it's like that's like super tragic. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I guess everybody shut themselves up at first. They didn't really know what was going on. Of course. Hmm. But uh, I mean, that's the, the that's the gist of it. Like all those scenes that I liked. Uh, do you have anything else you guys want to bring up about the movie? Uh, I I know I'm gonna think about thirty things later that I meant to bring up and I didn't. But uh, I I uh, I'm in love with the sets of this movie. I can tell you that. I love <laughs> the way the space station looks. I love that there's like shit all over the ground. A bunch of stuff's broken. I don't know. I just really like it. Chris looks like he's dressed up for like cyberpunk. He has like a cyberpunk type of outfit for his like. <laughs> He's got like a mesh shirt, like some shit Jeff Hardy would wear in like two thousand. Yeah, yeah but... <laughs> he's got a mesh shirt, but he's also got a gut like that. I cracked me up. And his pants, he's got like those pants that lace up at the back of the legs. And the mesh shirt is tucked in too. I love that. <laughs> <laughs> it looks so weird. He's like, hey guys, it's the future. I don't know. Uh... <laughs> and then his wife's wearing like a burlap sack dress, essentially. Yeah, and also, what's up with uh, ripping? She has to take her dress off. They have to cut it. I I guess they get too lazy. Like halfway through, they're like, "God damn it! Whoever designed this dress was stupid." They just cut it with pair of scissors. Is that a thing, or because she does it again later? Like it's just a normal thing. She's like, "Well, I'm gonna get undressed." I guess snip, snip, snip. Yeah, I don't. I don't know. Like maybe they keep clothes on. Like maybe they just clean their hair most of the time and just did. I was trying to decide like, is this a future thing? Is this a Soviet Union thing? I didn't know about. Is it's, why it's a new Hari. He's unwrapping his new present, <laughs> and then he does it. He does it again with the second one. The same thing happens. It's like oh, you got a brand new, and you got to take the packaging off. Yeah, he. Uh, in hindsight, it's pretty fucked up because he's like cutting it off, and then he sees it's ripped on her sleeve, and there's yeah. a spot where a needle had gone in. And yep. at first you're like, oh, it's fucking weird. Is she like a heroin addict? What's going on here? And then later when you find out that's how she killed herself, you're like, oh, my God. I caught that like way before, like not that specifically, but I'm just like, what the fuck is like one of her sleeves torn? Right. Yeah. So <laughs> what, is, what is that? I don't know. And then you again, I, I've seen this movie before. But I fucking forgot 98 percent of it. Um, I really like this movie, actually. Uh, I don't. I don't know if I like this better than 2001 or not, because it's been a really long time since I've seen that. Uh, but I do like the, the the crypticness of this movie, how it lingers on things and it doesn't tell you. Kind of lets your mind wander a little bit. I like movies like that where they kind of, you just sit there and you're like, what the fuck's happening? And you're like, it's up to you to figure that out. Exactly. This movie is my 
favorite kind of creepy in that if you're just watching it and like not paying a lot of attention, like horsing around, making jokes at the screen, eating, you're not paying attention, you won't get creeped out. This movie isn't scary. Nothing creepy happens in it at all. But if you're really paying attention and the whole time you're building a puzzle in your head and you're thinking about stuff, you'll be like, wait, what the fuck? Like, there's a (laughs) lot of like, I, I hesitate to say rewarding because of it's creepy, but I mean, sometimes you watch movies for that. You watch movies to be creeped out or scared or something. And there's a lot of really rewarding moments in this movie. If you're paying enough attention, if you're, you know, a smart enough fellow. Yeah. Yeah. Um, which by the way, um, there is a comparison to the ending because remember he sees his dad, which by the way, that whole scene was fucking weird from like beginning to end because you like he's walking around I'm like oh he's back home and then he looks through the window like a fucking stalker by the way no pun intended for about his other movie but he, he's sitting through the window like a, a stalker and it's like fucking raining inside the house and it's like That's one of the scariest moments for me I thought because it's like there's water coming out of the ceiling and his dad just doesn't care mm-hmm. yeah, like, doesn't look at it. he's getting rained on and then like outside he's like looking at the the lake or whatever and it looks like like you see those reeds and they're stuck it's like it's frozen but there's mm-hmm. no snow and there's no indication that it's cold it's weird mm-hmm. but what it's comparison because remember he gets down on his knees and like hugs his dad and he kind of does the same thing to harry a little bit because i guess those are the two things that he misses in life because he misses obviously he finally grows a love for his wife after like she killed herself and that's why he had fallen out of love with her yeah she killed herself after he left and went to the city yeah and then like he kind of left on a bad note with his dad and yeah and then you know obviously with the uh with his mom it kind of like he misses his family so i i thought that was interesting seeing the same thing which by the way that asshole doctor is like get up Stand up, man, <laughs> or oh, whatever he says. Uh, I was like, shut up, dude. Fuck off. Go play with your midget. <laughs> There's uh this this movie is very long. It's what two hours fifty minutes. Yes. The Criterion Blu-ray, which is what I watched it on, uh, also includes more than half an hour of deleted footage. Oh, oh Jesus. <laughs> I was like, oh, deleted scenes, I'll watch this play. And then, like, after a minute, I was like, how long is this? And I hit triangle because I was watching on my PlayStation 4. And it was, like, 32 minutes. I was like, fuck no. (laughs) (laughs) I just just buzzed around and, like, checked it out. And there's a a few things that are a little longer. Like, when he flies in his bubble ship, that's a little bit longer, but not by much. Uh, The most important thing is right before she uh, drinks the liquid oxygen and kills herself – there's a scene where they're eating something, dinner or whatever, and they have an argument. And at first, I think it's framed like it's a it's um, a flashback, like it's them arguing before. And then you realize, no, this is present. This is happening on Solaris. And then she leaves like they cut that out. And it kind of seemed important, but I guess not really like the movie's fine without it. But And then it makes a few other scenes longer. And at the end, when they're philosophizing, whatever, when they're talking, him and Snout, uh, that's a little bit longer for no reason at all. <laughs> yeah, but I, I enjoyed this film. I still think the Space Odyssey goes; it's, it gets a little bit of an edge, yeah. but I, but I like 
Solaris because of the story it tells of pretty much Chris and Harry. Um, I really enjoyed that story uh, because it's funny because he he went into it being a, a douchey skeptic kind of thing about the planet. But then he starts to fall for the planet, essentially. He can't make judgments with his heart. He's not a poet. And then at the end, he's making judgments with his heart. Yeah. He is a poet. So I highly recommend it. Space poet. This, this movie's excellent. Um, again, I watched it once and I didn't like it. So if that happens to you, I'm sorry. Give it another shot in a year. <laughs> Zach, what about you? Yeah, I recommend it. I like this movie quite a bit. Um, I'm a, I'm a fan of this this Andre Tarkovsky guy now. Just, I mean, I was interested in him before because of everything I ever learned about him and stalker, stalker hangs it looms over modern culture now and for years up until i would say the early 2000s solaris was the most famous tarkovsky movie and it has started to become stalker in no small small part due to video games which Mm -hmm. i'll wait we'll talk about that in two weeks talk about that later (laughs) but uh yeah uh i like this quite a bit and i don't know we will probably talk more about tarkovsky and his adventures (laughs) <laughs> you know because he's, he's led an inter- he did lead an interesting life he really did um to the point where maybe he got assassinated i don't know <laughs> yeah i was meaning to look up stuff about that because i was just reading about that yesterday and i was like wait a minute what because yes. i thought he died of cancer but apparently there's some weird circumstances surrounding his death there's so I'm, KGB I'm, between documents. now between now and either the next episode or the episode after that i'm gonna try to look into it yeah oh I also want to mention uh, the there's Gasenko is the Soviet uh, committee for film or whatever that he always had to deal with and fight all the time. It's like their ratings board or something. Sort of, except they shove their nose into every aspect of filmmaking, the editing process. Oh yeah, like they stuff. yeah they they had to approve films. Um, what's her name? Lashink Sherp Sherpko or something. There's there's another. Uh, Russian filmmaker I was reading about and she like also famously despised them anyway uh, but like I get this they allotted him down to the length of film reel for, for Solaris 4,000 meters this is what you're allotted to make Solaris which was the equivalent of 2 hours and 20 minutes somehow it ended up being longer but I just thought that was kind of crazy imagine someone trying to tell that to Kubrick you know Mr. 57 <laughs> takes <laughs> oh my god that's why he said American cinema was uh what a horror or whatever, something like that. Yeah, like he he was pretty rough on Hollywood. He did not care much for that. I, I like that about him though. He's give a fuck. He tells you what he thinks. He does not give a fuck. He never did up until the day he died. <laughs> but anyway, Andy, what are we watching next week? Uh, next, we will watch The Mirror. Uh, I know almost nothing about it. Uh, all I know is he directed it in between Solaris and Stalker. It's kind of like his The Conversation. That's a smart film person joke. Um, <laughs> Criterion put it out recently, and I blind bought it because I love Stalker. That's the whole reason I bought it. So we are going to watch it together, and then we will discuss it in a week. There you go. Um, before we sign off, uh, Zach, do you have any news you want to bring up before I kind of bring up my news? I'm pretty sure we might have one news to talk about. Yeah. Just for the sake of 
levity on the the other show we're doing this week. Um, I no, I don't really have any any news. So oh, <laughs> uh, but anyway, to kind of lead off from last week about the Blizzard situation, so uh, President John, uh, J. Allen Brack has stepped down. And apparently they're doing like co-lead Blizzard moving forward. So it's Jen O'Neill and Mike Yarber um, who are going to co-lead Blizzard. Um, we'll see. We'll see if that leadership will do anything. I just want to say... Oh, go ahead. Uh, uh, what you were going to say is probably more poignant than what I was going to say. But whenever something like this happens, whenever there's like a, a scandal or fingers being pointed and a leader steps down... There always has to inevitably be that conversation. Is this an admittance of guilt? Like, oh, I'm, I'm getting, I'm getting out of here. I'm escaping this. Yeah, that mean, I mean, uh, I have no idea. I don't have anything to add. It's just, you know, it's, it's a bad look. It makes it look like, oh, they're gonna find me out. I'm fucking out of here. You know, that kind of thing. Yeah, it's a bad look. Or maybe looking at it this way, it's like they're in a cancel frenzy, and he's the head of the the ship right now. And yeah, I mean, I, I understand. Yeah, for sure. And so what they're going to do is they're probably just going to fire him. So without firing him, he's like, ha bitch, I reside. Yeah, Fuck out of here. I'll take my severance. I'll take my retirement. Reverse. Yeah. Uh, he, he's probably uninterested in being involved in a court case against the state of California. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I just wanted to say, actually, uh, this J. Allen Bratt guy, uh, I was still shocked when he took the head position at Blizzard when Mike Morhaime left. And I, I literally said, who? Like, who, who the fuck is J. Allen Brack? And I actually looked up his work history. Okay. He joined he joined Blizzard back in, like, 04, 05. He's one of the early guys, the, the grunts that worked on WoW. He was literally, like, a programmer or something. That's and interesting. He worked his way up to that position somehow. Just He got hired higher up in the ladder working on WoW. But I'm like, how do you go from working on a video game to becoming the fucking CEO of the company? It's just weird. A lot of chutzpah. That or or he sucks a mean dick. Uh, It's one of the two. I I think it was the latter because I I was like, literally, who's this guy? And then he came (laughs) in. He didn't do fuck all of anything. He just seemed like a limp noodle, like a wet noodle fucking leader, you know? That's how Iwato became president of Nintendo. He started out as just nobody. And they worked on games, and then eventually he's running the company. Like, but you know, Iwata was like likable and actually tried to do some shit. And yeah. As far as I can tell, this guy didn't. He didn't have any leadership ability, in my. Opinion. Has he ever like appeared on stage or or been a figurehead? Or I think he was on the phones uh, thing with the Diablo Diablo thing. I think he That's was. That's what I was about to bring up. Like, did he ever like mock an entire crowd of hardcore gamers about playing a game on their phones or anything like that? Uh, that's the thing is he's been the head of the ship for like all these stupid fucking incidents that have been happening like the blizz chung thing and oh, yeah. the, the hong kong and like all this other yeah, dumb yeah. stuff Taiwan, yeah so i'm like this guy sucks <laughs> <laughs> that's a bad sign we'll yeah. see though we'll see uh that's uh i was gonna say bray wyatt got released uh that's that's the other big news <laughs> and rick flair got released as well yeah I don't know what the what the deal is with Ric Flair. Like, I don't. There's a bunch of stories going around that I don't really believe about it. But like, uh, apparently, he didn't like the Lacey Evans storyline, and there was disagreement, and he left. Too old. Just let him retire. Who cares? Ooh. He's gonna be. I guarantee. Ooh, yeah. I guarantee you because now he's technically a free agent. 
I I could see Tony Khan just fucking taking up Ric Flair and Ric Flair going. Sting versus Ric Flair, twenty twenty one. No, just <laughs> he, he's just gonna show up because they're gonna be like, we got Ric Flair on fucking dynamite. Break their hip, loses. <laughs> it's gonna be Ric Flair. <laughs> Ric Flair's pretty tough. That is true. Maybe it's Sting. He's the one who took that buckle bomb, I guess. But, but uh, Bray Wyatt got cut, and that shocked a lot of people. And his wife just got cut, too. They just released her. Well, she's fucking useless anyway. <laughs> she she only knows how to get pregnant. Uh, I mean, no, I mean, like, her her position was just some, uh, I'm an interview person, robotic interview person who uses scripts. Those people are interchangeable. Yeah. Uh, that's all the news I got. Yeah. So I think we'll sign it off here. Um, so remember to watch the mirror. Um, we're going to be doing some getting some color, hopefully this Thursday, correct? That's right, brother. We're going to go back to the schedule. Yep. And then there's talk of us doing uh, the, what's the AEW show? Oh, All Out. Yeah, we're going to do All Out and we're probably going to do SummerSlam. Summer yeah, so it's going to be a busy August. Um, Summer of slamming. Yes. Uh, if you want to catch more Big Trouble Little Podcast, make sure you type in Big Trouble Little Podcast in Stitcher, Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and everywhere else. Apparently, we're on Alexa, we're on Amazon Music, we're on fucking uh, uh, Outcast, not the band, but there's like a, a an app called Outcast. There's ca- Caster Box, apparently. Mm-hmm. Apparently, we're everywhere. Uh, and apparently, people are actually searching the website for us somehow maybe they're doing keywords maybe they're going like i want to watch is there anything being said about solaris and boom our podcast pops up probably um but yeah if you want to catch more uh make sure you type it in there but uh until next time we will see you next week peace thanks for listening that's the